you have your Bible today, if you'll take it and turn to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, also into the book of Romans, John chapter 15, and the book of Romans in chapter 5. I believe God has a great word for us today. It will encourage us and strengthen us and give us what we need today for the journey in our life. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 15, as we find our place there, if you'll read with me in verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that we, or you, bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no man than this, no one than this, than he would lay down his life and die for his friends. And you are my friends. God, help this word to pierce our hearts. Lord, right now, I just pray that you would stir in our spirit. God, I pray for your Holy Ghost anointing to come down. Lord, that you would move in our midst today. I pray for Pastor Ralph uh, as he's going to preach at Baptist Temple. God, you would be with him, guide him, and direct him. Lord, give him unction for what you're up to in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we are approaching the Memorial Day weekend and we are paying honor and tribute to that and for all the great sacrifice that has happened in our country and all that's happening around the world today, I want to say that there is no greater picture than no longer I than somebody who's actually serving in our military. We realize that they have resigned themselves to be willing and able to give all when called upon. And today we know that many families have done that for multiple generations. Matter of fact, there are some families that have given up, uh, if you trace their genealogy back, have given up in just about every war that is waged in our country that some families have given up lives for that very fact. No longer I is the concept of somebody when they sign up and they say we're going to serve our country, we're going to be part of our military, at that point they resign themselves that it's no longer about them, but it's about their country. It's no longer about their country, but it's about their platoon, their guys that they're working with, serving with, those immediately around them, and they're willing to give it all. The Bible says no greater love is this than a man would lay down his life. Now, why would somebody be willing to lay down their life? Because they have surrendered their life that it's no longer about I, but about them. It's no longer about them, but it's about uh, what, what those around them, the bigger picture. And today there's a couple of things that I want you to think about as we, why would somebody be willing to do that? Now, today we celebrate what we call Memorial Day, and the Bible talks a lot about memorials. And the interesting thing about memorials is that they were not meant to dwell upon but just to recall to your remembrance not that you wouldn't dwell in the past but that it would spring you forward into a greater future and today as we connect these dots and we see what it is that God is doing in our heart in our life why would somebody be willing to live that kind of life why would so many people be willing to surrender their life to give their life 
for our country. Matter of fact, we may ask that question today more and more. When Why would people give so much for people who honor it so little? You know, we think about that, they may stir you up as a patriot. Why would somebody be willing to give their life, will give the ultimate sacrifice for something that some people honor so little? And that may stir you up. But, you know, we could draw that, that, that question and bring it into the faith family and ask ourselves that same question. Why in the world would somebody give so much like Jesus did for people who honor it so little? Matter of fact, look in your Bible, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter 5. I love this. It's one of my life verses, one of my life texts. In the book of Romans chapter 5, it says it this way in verse 6. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die for a good man. Now, boy, that just leaves all the knuckleheads out, doesn't it? But look at what it says about them. But God demonstrated his own love this way towards us, everybody. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He resigned himself to live a life as no longer I. Matter of fact, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Now, today I just want to speak to you personally for a few moments because the concept of bearing fruit is that we are the beneficiaries of some great fruit. Matter of fact, we are the beneficiaries of, of, of the fruit that has been laid up by our forefathers. They have sown well, they have sacrificed, they have given, and, and they have given for the greater good of our country. Therefore, many of the things that we enjoy, we enjoy it because of the benefit of their sacrifice. Because their lives bear fruit. They have given it up, they have given it all. And for many people, uh, even when our country was trying to remain neutral, you may remember at the beginning of World War II, was trying to stay out of it, trying to mind our own business. We're not trying to be the policemen of the world. All of a sudden, we were pulled into the reality of it. But at that moment, at that moment when the call of duty came, the great patriots of our country stepped up and accepted the greater call. That's the first thing that I want you to write down. Why would somebody make such a sacrifice? Because of the greater call. The greater call. The greater call of what God is doing in our lives. This week I had the privilege of speaking to someone who was over 90 years old and is serving, served our military in World War II, dropped out of high school to go into the, the draft, to go fight in the war because there was a greater call. There was a greater need than finishing high school for him. There was a greater, there was something that was of greatness that had fell upon his doorstep. And I want you to understand something today, that there is something of greatness that is falling upon our doorsteps and not just in the world, not just in the wars and not just all the things that are running rampant around the country, but it's falling upon our doorsteps at the bride of Christ and the church of the living God. There was a greater call than to sit idly by. It was a greater call than to remain neutral. And the great call was that we would engage and make a difference in the world. And America did make a difference in the world. 
Today there was a greater call for Jesus than to stay up in the portal of glory. There was a greater call. The greater call was this, that he would put on the robe of flesh and come and dwell among us. Put on the robe of flesh and come and be like man. Put on the robe of flesh and come and lay down his life. Not for friends, not for good men, not for righteous men, but for sinners, for broken people for people who were doomed for people who were damned for people who were addicted for people who were in bondage for people who were enslaved Jesus Christ accepted the greater call for you and I who know that for you and I who've experienced that there is a greater call there is a greater call upon your life than being a member of a church there's a greater call upon your life than being a member of a religious affiliation there's a greater call than going inside the sheetrock and being insulated from the world and singing all the old hymns of Zion and reading the great scriptures and acting like everything is okay. There is a greater call upon the bride of Christ than just going to church. The call is that we would be the bride of Christ, that we would be engaged in warfare timothy put it this way no one engaged in war no soldier engaged in warfare entangles themselves with the affairs of this world so that he might please the one who enlisted him I want you to know today that if you're a blood-bought child of God, you are enlisted by the royal commander, the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ. He reconciled us back together with God. He enlisted us with a great call. For a long time, we, uh, when, when, I, when I pastored in, in a traditional church, we, I would have revivals a couple times a year, and it's what, we, it's what you would do. It's what was expected, and Basically, we would, we would prop our churches up from experience to experience. And uh, that was the, the process. And uh, for quite some time, the Lord's been stirring in my heart. At Family of Grace, we've never had anything like that. Matter of fact, we've, we've spent about six to seven years in the midst of kind of revival and what God was doing. And we haven't had to prop it up from experience to experience. And, and God just really began to stir in my heart. And, and I've been talking with our staff, and, and we've just been preparing. And, and, man, we're getting ready for the summer. And part of the summer is getting ready to set our hearts to the moment of restoration. Set our hearts to the moment where we're believing God for something that's greater than we are. Believing God that we would engage and make a difference for the glory of God. There's a great call upon our life. The great call is this, that we engage. Have you ever asked the question, have you, ever, have you ever thought about this or asked this question? Or maybe thought this statement more than asked this question. Everything just seems lost. Everything just seems broken. Everything just seems that there is no hope. We turn on the news and it, it gets closer and closer and closer and closer to home. It gets closer and closer and closer to home. And have you ever thought, I just feel helpless and there's really nothing I can do to make a difference? There's no way that I can make a difference. There's no way that my life, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't understand politics. I'm not a politician. I'm not in Washington. I can't make a difference. Have you ever thought that? So I just bury my head in the sand. Matter of fact, somebody told me that this week. says, there's nothing I can do about what's going on in the world. So therefore, I just don't watch anything. I don't watch any news. I don't read any articles. I don't do any of that. 
Because I can't make a difference. It's not in my circle of influence. And you're right. He's absolutely correct. I know the guy. There's not much he can do to make a difference in the political realm. But I'll tell you where he is wrong. It's wrong because we can make a difference. Maybe not in the realm that you're thinking about it. But I am telling you that one man and connected with a holy God can make a difference when he accepts the great call that God has placed upon his life. Let me tell you about a man who changed the climate before there was global warming let me tell you about a man who controlled the weather let me tell you about a man who raised the dead let me tell you about a man who subdued kingdoms let me tell you about a man who single-handedly defeated a whole nation let me tell you about a man who moved the very heart of God Let me tell you about a man who survived famine and multiplied a small meal that was just enough for one family. You know who that man is? You know who that man is? Who is it? Jesus. Wrong. I suckered you in. His name was Elijah. Elijah. Elijah prayed and the heavens were shut up and he changed the climate. Elijah prayed and that little widow's son came back to life. Elijah prayed over that little barrel of meal and little bucket of oil and it never ran dry until God was ready for him to move on. Elijah prayed and subdued kingdoms. The fire came down from heaven. Elijah prayed and slaughtered 800 false prophets of Baal and was victorious over King Ahab. And you know what the Bible says in James? And he's a just man, just, just like you. Oh my. Oh my. There was nothing supernatural about Elijah but his faith. Faith is a substance. Faith is a substance. Elijah accepted the great call. He was willing to give it all. He was willing to give it all. You say, oh, preacher, that's in the Old Testament. You don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're, you're crazy. No, I'm not. It's in the New Testament that it says in the book of James that Elijah was a man just like us who when he prayed, the heavens were shut up and the rain didn't come. And you know what happened? I'm telling you, the nation of Israel was in dire straits. Their country had just been divided. The nation of Israel had just been separated into two kingdoms. And they had a king, and he was a bad king. And the next king was worse than that king. And the third king was worse than the second king. And the fourth king was worse than the, 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 the third and the second and the first. And then they came to a fifth king, and his name was Ahab. And he was worse than all the other kings. But there was one man. Who said, I'll accept the call of God. I'll be a voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'll be one who believes in, clings to, relies on the principle of God. I'll be willing to lay down my life for the greater call because of a greater love. A greater love for what? We've read it. The Bible says greater love has no man than this. Then we had lay down his life for his friend. The Bible says, for a good man, one a righteous man, one would die. For a good man, one might even scarcely die. But for all the knuckleheads, nobody would die for them. 
as we watch, depending on where you are politically and in view of your interpretation of our country and its freedom, as you watch the whole debacle with this Sergeant Bo Burdow, it infuriated many people because he walked off and abandoned his post and, and uh, I mean, he was tried in, in the court and military court and they said he, you know, he did what he did. He left. He abandoned. He walked off. And the thing that fired so many people up was because of the lives that were sacrificed trying to find him while he was running around on his own wheel. It fired people up. And it was like, he wasn't really worth pursuing because he was a traitor. Amen or amen? You may not say anything, but you probably posted on social media something about it. People have so much courage on social media. And we think he didn't have a love for his country. His love, he, he forsook his love for his country. But I'm telling you there's a greater call because there's a greater love. The Bible says this in the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we have been saved from the wrath. For if we have, were enemies, then we were reconciled to God. You know what? Every single one of us in this building, everybody watching at home, every one of us were as a Bo Bergdahl. We all was all. We were all enemies. We were all traitors of the cross but because of a greater love Jesus laid down his life and he died for his friends <clears throat> you ever sit at home and wonder wonder when somebody's going to do something when's somebody going to do something and I know you think man if we could just get ourselves a conservative president, a conservative house, and throw all them rascals out, everything will be okay. I wish that was the easy answer. I mean, that happened. I was just a boy, but I can remember hearing about Jerry Falwell who led the great revival of the moral majority who brought in Ronald Reagan. Everything's good now. We've got Ronald Reagan. But revival never came. A difference was never made in our country. Look at where we are today. Well, we, where we are today, is this going to take somebody like Elijah? Somebody like you? Somebody like Peter? Somebody like James? Somebody like John? Somebody that's willing to lay aside their own agenda and say, you know what? It's not about my church. It's not about my preference. It's not about what I like. But it's about a world that is lost. It's about my city. Okay, I realize we thinking globally may be too big for us. How about your block in the city? What would happen if in our block, in our neighborhood, we had the passion of God, the fire of God to make a difference? for the glory of God and said you know what I'm going to accept the great call because I have experienced the great love that others might experience the great victory what was the great victory I read it for you already the Bible says that while we were enemies he signed the peace treaty of Calvary that those who were once far off may be brought near by the blood of Jesus the atonement of Jesus the sacrifice of Jesus 
Today we experience many benefits that seem to be eroding quickly as a nation from the sacrifice of soldiers who gave it all for us as a country. But I want you to understand something, my brothers and sisters in Christ today. We experience a greater calling. We experience a greater freedom by the sacrifice of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go back with me to the book of John, chapter 15. It's an interesting passage of Scripture, the dots that he's connecting there, the line that he's drawing in this passage of Scripture does such a great work in our hearts and his life. He says, greater love is no man than this. And he would lay down, one would lay down his life and die for his friends. And guess what, guys? You are my friend. You are my friend. Wow. Therefore, I am going to lay down my life and die for you. Oh, there's a greater call. But there's a greater victory. I mean, look at it. No longer do I call you servants for servants do not know what the master is doing but i have called you friends for all things that i heard from my father i have made known to you you did not choose me but i chose you i appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask for in my name he will give you Therefore, these things I command you, that you love one another. How is the Father glorified? John 15, 8. By this my Father is glorified. Boy, it's not very hard to figure out the will of God, is it? (laughs) How is God glorified? Here it is. He is glorified that we bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. That we bear the fruit. Bear the fruit. Now here's what we have to do guys. Forgetting those things which are behind us. Paul said. In the book of Philippians. Forget about what you hadn't done. Forget about what you have done. If you feel like you've done all kind of good stuff for God in the past. That was in the past. He needs you in the future. Because you do understand With him, there is no past, there is no present, there is no future. With God, it's all one consuming moment. Or maybe you beat yourself up and say, I've never done all this stuff, put all that in the past. One thing I know, reaching ahead, I press for the mark of the higher calling of that of Jesus Christ. Guys, ladies, young people, we can make a difference. One life at a time. One life at a time. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we lose. But our loss is not really a loss because it's all working out toward God's greater call. Because of God's greater love that he might bring about a greater victory. What God is looking for is ordinary, willing people who will step up and say, God, you can count on me. 
Now, here's my personal problem with this whole sermon. Is I have began to evaluate and count the cost, and I realize the cost may be more than I really want to pay. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? See, we want the move of God. We want the miracle of God, but we want it on our schedule. I want it on my schedule. I want it according to my plan, my convenience. Listen, about all we understand in our country anymore is emotionalism. And we have substituted emotionalism for victory, emotional, experiential events. Like whether you were all into the Brownsville revival, like hoorah, this is the mighty move of God, or, or you were on the other side saying there are a bunch of heretics, there's no way this, I mean, no matter what side of that you're on, here's what I do know, there was a lot of supernatural things that happened in that Brownsville event, but the city was never changed. And what God is looking for today is people who will be willing to make a difference. Now here's the thing I want you to understand. God wants to bring about a great victory. And he's not looking for a bunch of people. One man, Elijah, subdued the kingdoms, controlled the climate, performed miracle after miracle after miracle. Gideon had a bunch of people, and God said, Now you got too many. I need to thin this herd out to go and conquer. See, God's not interested in the quantity, He just wants to know who's willing to give it all. Some men and women, and we're so thankful, are willing to give it all for our country. But are we willing to even give it all for heaven's sake? We can make a difference. Now, here's what I believe. I believe what I'm preaching. If I didn't, I'm just about, I'm, I'm approaching 20 years of this. And after 18 years of it, if I didn't believe it, I would just go do something else. I'm not interested in growing a big, how big a church can we build? Big churches don't change cities. Hot-hearted people who's willing to go in behind the enemy lines is what changes the cities. Have you ever heard of the Moravian missionaries? You know why they were so popular? Because they literally sold their self into slavery that they might infiltrate an area with the gospel that the gospel could not go to. Now, I'm not asking you to sign a title deed over to your life physically, just spiritually. If you'll do it spiritually, he'll guide you physically. Today, guys, we can make a difference. This Memorial Day, we can make a difference in this city. We can, we can, turn, the, we can turn the tide. We can see a move of God if we're willing to accept the great call. But you'll never accept that great a call unless you have that great a love. And you'll never experience that great a victory unless you've accepted that great a call driven by that great a love. Now here's what I want to ask you to do with your head bowed this morning. I want to ask you to evaluate where you are. I have evaluated myself even just this weekend and I realize that I have come up lacking I have, found, I have been found wanting, as it said about Belshazzar in the book of Daniel. 
God said, wrote the handwriting on the wall. He said, what did it say? It says, uh, you've been weighed and you've been found wanting more. You needed more. Now, now, guys, here's where we are. Ladies, here's where we are. Young people, here's where we are. Just evaluating ourselves. A moral majority won't bring about the answer. The Supreme Court ruling against homosexual marriages or unions is not going to change our country. Them changing the law against abortion, that wouldn't change our country. We're in need of a mighty move of God. I don't know how else to put it. And in order for there to be a mighty move of God, the first thing we have to do is say, God, I need you. I need you to restore me to what your will was for my life.